We sell coffee to help support the show. We have three blends. Some of you, Weekend Getaway and the popular Espresso Blend. We teamed up with Rodrigo over What's the Buzz Coffee to create these three specialty blends and we could not be happier. So if you enjoy coffee and you want to support the show, head over to 95adventures.com and grab yourself a bag today. We really appreciate it. My guest today is Roger Steele. I could not be happier in bringing you this episode of the podcast. He's such a great storyteller, the owner and creator of Hype Media, and he's found a way to make a living doing what he loves, and that's playing golf. You got to check it out, though. It's not exactly what you think. Like I said, he's a great storyteller, so strap in and enjoy this episode with Roger Steele. All right, it's recording now. All good. So is it Steely or Steel? It's just steel, just steel, just, yeah. Just you know steel. the English, the English language full of unnecessary letters. You know what I mean. So <laughs> my name is just another one of those. You yeah. know what I mean. Like we yeah. got, it's all, it's all over, it's all over the dictionary. No different. <laughs> no different. No different. Well, thanks for being on, man. Yeah. Like I was telling you just a second ago, I saw your your Instagram in like two seconds. I was like, this guy's rad, man. This whole thing that you're doing is so cool and. Uh, growing up playing golf, and I I I love the sport. It's awesome. I don't get to play it as much now. I got kids, and I'm going all sorts of places. But um, there hasn't been anything marketing wise or promoting golf the way your site has. I've never seen it. Like people, some people may try, but yours is way more authentic. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, man, I, and I just feel like, you know, you have all of these uh, very genuine, you know, like more urban personalities than every other sport. I mean, most other sports, you know, and uh, I just think that golf, you know, it, it's it's something that's missing in the sport. People that didn't necessarily like grow up traditionally in the game, but that came into it and like really loved it. Uh, I just, there, there have been no real advocates uh, for the game in that in that way. And so I think that there, it was just – it's just divine timing, I guess, man. Because I've been kind of doing the same thing for, like, the last six or seven years. But I think that, you know, like, COVID helped a lot, obviously. Like, COVID helped the game just grow in general. Uh, and, like, I own a media business. And so I do, like, content creation for, like, small brands and athletes and things like that. And then when COVID happened, I got fired from all of those. Like I had like six people on on retainer based contract, and uh, and when COVID happened, they all let me go like within the, the same like two week span. And so I was just sitting around with with nothing really to do. Uh, and I was like, man, what if I just started talking about golf from my perspective and just see if there's an appetite or an audience for it? And it was, you know. And I think that it was like. It, it you know it was it was scary for me because all of the people a lot of the people that I know in golf are so traditional and so like a lot of very conservative personalities that I interact with I was like man if I just really like push the way I see the game out there will people turn their back on me you know that's what I was kind of afraid of when when I first started you know being more you know intentional about framing the game the way that I frame it uh, but but to my surprise, man, it's been a lot of like, you know, warm reception from brands, uh, from organizations, you know, from from different personalities like within in and around the sport, athletes, and I, I'm just very thankful that that people are open to like me being myself in the game and, and allowing me to still navigate it, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's wild that you just said you lost, you got fired from all that business. Like you have your media company. What it's called Hype Media, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I didn't know that's what you did with it. I thought you created it around this um this golf like influencer type of thing. But you like that's wild that COVID hit at a time when you think you would need more media marketing over the internet and it just all your customers just went away. Yeah, man, like, cause you know, like I, I, I run, I have a pretty small business and it's, you know, it's me and one other person that I contract with and I, I contract certain stuff out, but I mean, it's pretty much like just me. Right. 
And so I'm pretty much like, uh, I feel voids for for people that have like, you know, a smaller C-suite. So you probably just got like a CMO or something. Or maybe you, maybe you a business owner that's trying to be marketing yourself. And it's like, man, you need all, you got all of these voids in your strategy. I was just coming in and helping people fill those voids, whether it was like, you know, the, the, the conception of ideas, whether it was like the, you know, the strategy, whether it was actually creating the content and executing it, the distribution, the management, the analytics. So I was just like, wherever you were soft, like I was coming in to, to try to help. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but the, the problem with being a one man show is that like, if you the first man in, if you, you know, the last man in, you're usually the first person out. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so it, it was no love lost because people just didn't know, you know, people were just cutting cutting budgets left and right, just trying to, like, stay in business. So you you understood when COVID first happened that a lot of these people, like, I had a couple businesses that had brick-and-mortar locations, and they just completely closed. You know what I mean? So it's like... Like we 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 don't we not our doors not even open anymore. So they they weren't trying to really spend money on anything. Uh, and then other businesses that were just trying to like reduce costs just to try to brace themselves for for how long the drought was going to be. So I, it wasn't any love loss. And ultimately, it was just a blessing for me. You know what I mean? Just to be freed up to really sit with myself and be like, man, you know, I saw how. That was the first time I really understood. I knew I was expendable, but that was the first time that you really felt it. You know what I mean? Like, man, like, I'm really, like, not necessary uh, to a lot of these businesses uh, or to, like, people outside of myself. And it's like, why don't I just focus on being necessary to myself? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I got all of these skill sets. I, I know I know how to storytell. I know I understand content. I love golf. It's all that I'm doing. Like, why don't we just... And, you know, to, to be honest, man, like, that first video, the very first video that I made, like, the only reason that I made it was because I was posting a lot of stuff on, like, my stories about me playing golf in different places. And then my homies kept hitting me up, like, man, take me to the golf course, take me to the golf course. And I was like, man, I just need to make a video so anybody that asked me, uh, like, anybody that asked me to play golf, I could have them watch a video and they could understand what they need to know before – we go out there. And that was the very first piece of content I made. It was like an eight-minute rant about me just saying, like, are you going to suck at golf for a long time? And uh, and it, once that hit and went, you know, went, went over well, I was like, wow, like, people really got an appetite for this stuff, man. This is crazy, you know? And since then, it's been just off to the races, man. Is that the first time that you went on camera yourself? Like, when that happened and you switched over to doing this, is that the first time you had – like you've been doing stuff for other people and creating ideas for them, but never yeah. creating ideas for yourself. Yeah, and and I did I did some stuff before that, uh, and it was like more around entrepreneurship. I'm I'm a big like advocate for entrepreneurship, like they're all stages. Uh, but I did some more like entrepreneurial things like that were outside of golf, and then we had a lot of like social unrest that was going on too. And I was like making a lot of stuff where I was talking about different social things that were going on. But, like, when some of that stuff kind of, like, you know, I'm not going to say it, it died down, but when it wasn't, like, the focal point of, like, conversation, uh, I really did get back to things that made me happy. And golf is something that made me happy. And so that was the that was the first time that I used my platform just to talk about golf. You know what I mean? Like, to be very intentional about speaking on this game. And, uh, and, and it was great, man. And it's crazy because, like, all of the other stuff that I was talking about before, and I had only been doing it, like, since COVID started. So let's say the first time I said something about golf was probably in, like, October. I had just started speaking to the camera myself in, like, maybe, like, May or June or something like that. Uh, and so then by by October, I was just talking about golf and – the, the dope thing about golf is that it allows me to, because it's such like a, a human and relationship sport, I get to talk about everything else still. You know what I mean? Like, but, but golf is just like, the golf course is the place where you can have all of these different types of conversations. So it was really like the perfect stage for like transparency about all things related to life, you know? Well, how did you get into the game in the first place? 
Man, my dad, uh, my dad is a Chicago police officer, so he retired back in like the early 2000s. But when I was born, my dad was kind of getting heavy in the go. And I'm my only child, so uh, we, we on the west side of Chicago. So him spending time with me instead of letting me rip and run the streets and, you know, obviously him knowing what was out here, he like, man, you coming with me to the golf course. And you, you know, you're going to ride around in the car with me or you're going to walk with me or whatever. And he uh, he started making me do that from like a pretty early age. And he really like, you know, if, if I had kids, I don't know if I would force them into the game as hard as my dad did. But he really just like said, this is the only place you can go. Uh, and so I felt like I felt like my the beginnings of my relationship with golf wasn't that strong because I didn't love it. I was just being forced to do it. And I always, like, I was a big basketball dude, so I just wanted to play basketball, uh, like, at the course and in the alleys with, with the people that was in the neighborhood. But my dad kept that to, like, you know, like, he kept that from happening. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, yeah, my dad forced me into it. I had a background in it, but I just but I just didn't love it. And so I did play in high school. Uh, my dad, you know, he wanted me to play in high school. And not to make my dad sound like a mean person or nothing like that, but he just understood the threats of, you know, what, what was out there. And my dad was very, like, militant. You know what I mean? Like, he was just, like, don't don't talk back. Don't. My bad. This this cat is going crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's, yeah, man, my cat's back there like, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but he was just very uh, – he was very militant, man. And he was just like, you know, this this is all you're doing. Um, and unless I was playing, like, organized basketball, then he would let me go other places, obviously. But, but I didn't really fall in love with the game until after I graduated college. So I, so I played in high school. I quit right after high school was over. And then I didn't touch a golf club for, like, six or seven years, right? And so then in college, I majored in civil engineering. And so then I got my first job as a civil engineer, uh, right out of right out of college, and I realized in the first like three months that I hated engineering too, right? Uh, and, uh, and so and so then so and so six months passed, and now I'm off my probation at my job, and they got these 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 client outings that they letting people like, yo, if anybody in the office plays golf, they send in an email. Anybody in the office plays golf, you could go play in this outing. I'm like, yo, I know how to play golf, you know what I mean? So I like drive back home and big pick up my golf club, my high school golf club. And I play in my first scramble. And it's probably back in like 20, this is like 2012, like 2012, 2013, around that time. And uh, and I play in my first scramble, man. And it's like, it was just like what I imagine crack addicts go through when they, the first time they first time they hit something like that. I'm like, man, like, what is this game? This is crazy. I need this. You know what I mean? And it was like, ever since then, I was hooked, man. I was hooked. Like, I just... I guess I needed to mature a little bit more, um, but but I started to understand like how many parallels there were between golf and life, and like you know it was just the the game became so fulfilling, you know, and it was just all about you and everything that you did was a reflection of you, and like you had all of these circumstances and variables that if you didn't pay attention to one, a good shot could turn into a bad shot, you know what I mean? And it was. I just I, I really started to kind of geek out on how uh like how how you know informative and how like you know like life oriented the game was. Not to mention I started to meet a lot more, you know, cooler people. Like I started to meet the owners of these different engineering firms really fast. And it's like for me, being like an entry level, you know, like, you know, uh, project engineer to start, you know, interacting with the, the the owners of these companies just because they knew I could play golf, it was like, man, it's like a cheat code a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, but yeah, but but the thing that messed me up, man, was just that like I was I was working ten hour days as an engineer, like 10, 12 hour days, and then as soon as I got off the of work, I was driving straight to the driving range to try to beat the sun, and then as soon as I left on Friday. I'm trying to play as much golf as I can before I come back on Monday. And it was like, man, like I'm working all this time at this job that I don't really enjoy 
just so I could do the thing that I really enjoy in my off time. And I was like, is there any way for me to like flip that equation around a little bit, you know, like, like just flip the scenario around. So like, you know, quit my job, quit engineering back in like 2016 and was like, you know, I'm going to figure out a way to, you know, be an entrepreneur and just like play as much golf as I want. Right. Like, you know, it's like, I'm going to go live. I'm going to go, I'm going to go live. I'm going to go live the real American dream. You know what I mean? Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I, I saved up a little bit of money and, uh, and I found out the hard way that like, you know, it, it, life not that sweet, you know what I mean? Like I had a couple of ideas that I tried to get launched and they were just looking back on them, just very terrible ideas uh, that I wish people would have just told me I should have sat down and thought through a little bit more. But I, you know, you anxious and you just, I, I felt like I was like a raccoon back into a corner, man. I was just trying to like claw my way out, like by any means necessary, you know? Uh, so I, I blow through all my savings in like like six months. Like I'm broke, you know what I'm like? Pretty much on my last leg, uh, and I and I move out to LA uh, because I had an ex girlfriend situation out in LA, whatever the case is. So I might have had like I had like a little less than like ten grand, and I'm um, moved to LA. And you know the rent prices in LA, like I'm I'm pretty much gonna be flat broke in like three months, pretty much, right? And so uh, I move out there and I get this job, man, at this golf place. Now, look, I had just picked up a camera. Like, this is 20, 2016, 2017. I'm just now learning how to use a camera, but I'm good at, like, yo, my bad. My bad. I got a phone call. Uh, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just now picking up the camera. And, uh, and, uh, and so, like, I'm I'm not that good at stuff, but the stuff that I know how to do, I'm real good at, right? So I'm just trying to like bullshit my way into like a creative job in the golf space. Cause I'm looking at golf. I'm like, yo, ain't nobody doing nothing creative in golf. You know what I mean? So I find this company out in LA and I sweet talk my way into getting a job. And they're like, look, man, like we we definitely need some marketing help, but we don't know who you are. And they're like, man, we're gonna pay you minimum wage. Like if you come work for us for minimum wage to start. You know, we'll we'll give you a chance, and I'm like, cool, cause I like anything. Like I'm, you know, I'm about two days away from just uh, selling off all my stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? But uh, so I get this job. It's this company called Urban Golf Performance. It's out of LA, man. They give me a job, and that's when I learned the power of golf, like for real, for real. Cause here I am. I'm in Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I don't know nobody out in LA. I don't have no friends out there. I don't know my way around. And just by joining this one company, it's like all the LA got opened up to me, like overnight. You know, I was playing like Brentwood Country Club, Wilshire Country Club, Riviera, like all this other stuff. And uh, and and I was like, man, like this guy, I'm meeting celebrities like Derek Fisher, James Worthy, like Reggie Bush. You know, it was just crazy. It was crazy. Like, I was just like, man, I'm like in a dream right now you know what i'm saying and uh and from there like i got my feet wet in la i meet this dude so and then i started getting better using the camera to like do different golf marketing and stuff there i wound up leaving that company meeting my first business partner who i started hype media with and this is like going into like 2018 now and uh and then from there i just like off of that experience i was like in the golf like content storytelling space you know what i mean uh, and then, you know, that, that pretty much was holding me over up until COVID hit. And then that's, that's what's got me here on this podcast with you, you know? <laughs> well, I want to know what were some of the bad ideas if you want to share them. Like that's, inter- it's interesting yeah, to me man, because like- this is how it starts. Like, isn't this, this is how your journey started. Like you tried, tried, failed, failed, and then you hit. Yeah, and I still, I don't know if I hit yet, but I mean, I'm, I'm trending in the right direction for sure, <laughs> relative, relatively speaking. But but look, so when I first left, I was like, man, you know, like I was I was heavy in the fitness, you know what I mean? And like, I was doing like competitive, I did competitive long drive in like 2015. Oh, sweet. And I went down to the world final. Yeah, I went down to the world final. I used to beat the ball, but I mean, I like when I was doing that, I couldn't even break 90 though, but... 
Uh, so I go to the I go to the World Long Drive Finals, and I'm like trying to be all healthy and fit and all about speed and all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, every time I go to the golf course, it's never really no good nutrition products to eat there. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, I need to start a golf nutrition brand that like all of I'm gonna get all the golfers healthy. Like golfers gonna really start internalizing that they athletes. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be the person that really make this sink in. And this product, I called it, I called it the par bar. Uh, I'm like, the par bar is the thing that's going to get people there. You know what I mean? And so it don't sound like a terrible idea, right? It was going to be just like a, you know, like a protein bar, but like specifically designed for golfers, you know, a little bit more protein, but some carbs, if you eat it on the course. Blah, blah, blah. So the thing that I didn't understand is that golfers really don't give a shit about being healthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like golfers are really okay we're just like, yo, like, I want beer and I want hot dogs and that's golf. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's only very few people and they at the elite levels of the game that really care about nutrition. And even those people, they already got their thing. And it's like, I didn't have no marketing dollars to like, dude, I, I was so naive. This is 20, this is 2016. Uh, I called Brooks Kepka's agent. I'm looking for like healthy PGA tour players. And I'm like, man, you know, if I could just get in touch with Brooks Kepka, you know what I mean? Like he's, this is, and this is when Brooks Kepka was like, he was good, but he wasn't like, he wasn't Brooks Brooks. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I hit Brooks Asian. I was like, man, you know, I got this great product. I think it's going to be a, a home run for Brooks. Duh, 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 duh. And he was like, yeah, like, you know, and he said this way back then. He like, Brooks is going to be, uh, you know, a, a, he's going to be a top three player in the world in a little while. Uh, you know, for a product like yours, get it in my hand. I'll take a look at it, but it's probably gonna cost you about a uh, hundred grand a day to get books. And I and I just hung up the phone right there. And I and that's when I realized that, like, man, I'm like, man, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit in over my head as far as like how I'm trying to force traction around this product. And then I did a couple like very tacky photo shoots, bro. I was like on the golf course with my shirt off and like trying to do all this wild stuff. And it, there were. There was no appetite for anything that I was doing at the time. I didn't understand marketing well enough. I didn't understand like product positioning well enough. I understand like like the margins that I even had with the the the, the kitchen that I was using was terrible. Like oh my god! Like looking back on that dog, it was like I I, I just wrote a book on how you blow through you know a lot of money really fast. You know, <laughs> um, then then I tried to start. Uh, athletic apparel brand that was supposed to rival Nike. I put together these beautiful decks for it and everything. Shot these like dope explainer videos and stuff like that. And and uh, and, and every investor that I sat with and showed that to was like, yeah, this guy's out of his mind. Like, no, no way that this is gonna do what he says it's gonna do. These numbers don't make sense. You know, my projections were just very, you know, very optimistic. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but but yeah, I just. You know, looking back on it, like I wish I would have, you know, taken some more time to give it a better shot out the gate. But looking at where I am now, I think that those experiences really like helped ground me as far as understanding, like, you know, when I'm being a complete idiot and making no sense. You know, everybody needs to get like punched in the face like that. You know what I mean? Like everybody just needs to get told that like, yo, this is idiotic and it makes no sense. And this is not going to work. Please go do something else. I'm like, I'll show you. And, and no, I didn't show anybody anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but these, but yeah. what's cool about it is, and and you are right, like when you throw some product out there, it's the most honest, vulnerable thing you can do. The The market is going to tell you, the world is going to tell you whether your idea is good or it's not. You can't just like say it in a classroom right. or do whatever. It's going to tell you this is good. Or it's not good. And when it's not good, you have no livelihood. Exactly. That's it. That's it, man. Like I didn't I didn't do no I, I didn't do no market research. I didn't do no I uh, man. It, like so little diligence. I just like, no, this is gonna work. Like I, I believe in myself. Like, okay, all right. You know, but it was it just very, very valuable experiences that I mean, but that really got me a lot closer to the game and like, even through those failures, like, it's a couple people that I met while I was trying to, like, pitch them things and stuff. 
Um, and that's ultimately how I land, like wound up with the media business too, man. It's just because like I was really good at like storytelling around an uh, idea, but the idea was just like trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was a good story that I it was a good story that I told. And so I would because I was playing golf, I was able to get into like some like scenarios where I was able to pitch this to different people, like come by my office, I'll see what you got to say, send me whatever you gotta send me. And they'd be like, man, I really like the stuff, but you know, like I I'm not gonna give you any money for this. Uh, but if you want, if you wanna help, like and talk to somebody in my marketing department, we would love to have you help us with the marketing side. And I was like, that's not why I'm here. Like, you a hater. You don't believe in my dream. Go to hell. Leave me alone. You're not who I thought you were. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but yeah, those, those, but some of those people, you know, they, they still in my, in my network and I still talk to them regularly. And, and so, you know, it, it's no love lost. You know, I was just, I was young and just trying to, trying to get lucky. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, you made it. I mean, you went in a short period of time, you made it from, just like being out of money and and moving to LA in a place you didn't know to meeting some of like when you're telling Derek Fisher and Reggie Bush like that era of athlete was just different I mean that's a special that was like that's awesome you're saying that I hate the Lakers that's awesome that you get to you know Derek Fisher's awesome like that whole thing like that's super cool man and I think some of your tenacity like who talks to PGA Tour professionals agents with their par bar, like you know what I mean? Like who who just rings them up on the phone and goes, "Hey, check this out! I'm gonna make you a star with my par bar." <laughs> Yo, I was so confident too. I'm like, I was. I told my mentor at the time. He was telling me like, "Hey, man, I don't think that you are going about this the right way." I'm like, "Man, I got a call with Brooks Kepka agent." You don't even you don't even know the kind of stuff I'm about to get into right now. You don't even know what I'm about to. I'm gonna take this to the next level, hmm. and yeah, I just man, I, 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 when I when I believe something though, I like I really believe it like with all my heart though. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I've always been one of those people. Like, man, if somebody could convince me the earth the earth is flat, man, like I'm I'm in. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't really half step when I believe something. So that's why I, that's why I got to be careful who I listen to. You know, I'm trying to get better about making smarter friends. You know what I mean? But Man, if you convince me of something, I'm gonna I'm gonna scream it at the top of my lungs, you know. So, so I gotta know. I, I got like this is wild because you you were talking to Brooks back then with that that situation, and now you've in it. And when I was saying a small period of time, now your press credentials at the U.S. Open, right after everything's opening yeah, up, like that was great. that's so wild. Like, and then you get to talk to Brooks. As you're like your golf, like what you're doing, what you're passionate about. Yeah, man. And I just like, you know, Brooks, I haven't like met him officially yet, but I definitely got like a lot of admiration for how unapolog- unapologetically he carries himself. And and it's the crazy thing to me is just like I was like talking shit about the agent because I'm like Brooks, like he good, but he ain't gonna be that good. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, like we get we getting a little ahead of ourselves right now. You know what I mean? Uh, but but no, I just like for for him to become everything that he's become to the game, man. I just like and for for me to kind of go on that ride and, and and go from being like way on the outside of the game to being that close to it. It is like I. You saying that just made me take a step back and really think about that. Like, man, that's kind of crazy. Because I didn't, like, I'm telling you that story and I haven't even put together the fact that, like, I'm that close to some of these players now. You know what I mean? It's, it, it is it is really wild to think about, like, how, like, in a relatively short amount of time, like, everything just kind of changed, man. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to think about. But... It is. It's wild. It's really wild. And I kind of want to know, like, so as a huge golf fan and going through what you're going through, what's it like the first day there, like walking into the U.S. Open where you get to go like interview people, talk to them and put content out and make it, you know, you've got this pass. Like what's it like when you get that acceptance? And then what's it like when you first, like the first day when you enter there? 
Yeah, man, it's just like all the whole thing was kind of surreal. Like the, the people at the USGA, they like very progressive, man. And it's uh it, it was refreshing for me because a lot of a lot of people told me that like this the content that I was putting out was like a little too aggressive and that like a lot of you know governing bodies weren't gonna be accepting of that. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like they was gonna be like, oh man, you know, this this got a little rough around the edges, he's a little too unpredictable. I don't know what he's gonna say, da 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 da. But like the USGA for them to welcome me with open arms, I was like, man, that's kind of a telltale sign that golf is headed in a different direction. You know what I mean? Good, good or bad, like it's headed in a different direction. You know, just the fact that they extending the invitation for me to like collaborate with them. You know what I mean? Under the, underneath their brand umbrella. You know, and so getting there was crazy. Like being inside the ropes and having credentials, like walking past all the players. Like you still get these uh, little butterfly feelings. Like uh, I met Rory uh, McIlroy though. Like that was a big one for me. Like huge, huge Rory fan. You know what I mean? And uh, like to go up to him and fist bump him. And like my 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 business partner Wayne with Trap Golf. Like he out there with these guys every day. So like he said, "Oh man, Rory know who we are." Like if you see Rory, you can go ahead and say what's up to him. And so I saw Rory, and I'm like, "Hey man, you know, like me and Wayne Trap Golf." He like, "Man, I love what you guys doing." Blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Man, this is crazy, dog." Like, this is absolutely insane. Like, not just the – and then, like, I talked to other PJ Tour players, like, Charles Howard and hit me up before. Or, like, it's it's a lot of really dope personalities on the PGA Tour. Uh, and, and, and being accepted by them, it, it just make you feel like you – I don't know. Like, just, it make you feel like you're in a, on a different level within the game, man. Like, it's like a, it's like a different kind of validation – and it make me feel like way more comfortable being myself because like the players at the apex of the sport are, are rocking with you. You know what I mean? Like I got governing bodies that are just allowing me to come in and like, they're like, man, give us some content ideas. Like, man, we should ask people about their style. They're like, all right, we love it. Go ahead, do it. Do what you want. I'm like, what? Do what I want. You know what I mean? And it's just, it, it's really just like a dream come true. It's, it's not, I can't even say it's a dream come true because I didn't even dream that I would get opportunities like that you know what i mean like you think about most people in the golf influence space like man you get them some free clubs and you get them some some balls and and some tea times and it's like man i made it like can't tell me nothing you know what i mean but now i'm like over here getting invited to create at the u.s open dog at a major and that's my first professional golf collaboration experience and i you know i just started doing this stuff like at the end of last year and i'm getting i'm at a major right now you know what I mean? Like limited, limited attendance, limited field, and I'm there inside the ropes. Or like, you know what I mean? Where we're all like media bags. I'm like, what? This is crazy, y'all. This is that's the only way I could I could sum it up. But it's just the fact that like, you know, everybody that's listening to this is like, but they the reason though, you know what I mean? Like everybody that that push like, that share something, you know what I mean? You you I'm I'm always taking like the the humble approach to it because like I I can't just put content out and and say that I'm great like it, it only works if like the market decides that like they like my product right just like we were talking about with the other business I did so like all these people saying like man you doing great like you doing dope stuff and it's like all the people that's making it dope like I really don't have any control over that especially in my shoes right. Like, there's no advantage to elevating me as a personality without your eyeballs. Like, y'all are the only reason that this is even viable to even experiment with, you know? So, it's like, this podcast is the reason that, like, you know what I mean? Like, all it, it's just crazy. This is the most supported I felt being myself in, like, my entire life, you know? It, it Well, yes. And... I mean, I get what you're saying. And yes, the market does decide it. You know, it does decide. And you, you can't just sit there and say you're great because then it's going to be a turnoff to everybody on social media. But you yeah. do have to make stuff that people like. Like, you have to connect with people. And that is not easy. Like, if that was easy, this is one thing that I've figured out, especially from doing the podcast. And I've never done video editing before. And so I get on here and I try to edit my first, first ever video. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Like, 
it's so tedious. It's so difficult to edit and really do a good job. Like make it look like you want it, like what you see in your mind, what you want it to look like. And so I have a different respect for people who put in the hours and do things like that. But yeah. if, if YouTube creators, like if the Logan, the Paul brothers, they're big because like they've worked very hard at doing what they do. Like, they get the attention and they say the things that people that bring attention on them. So you have to have a talent to be able to convey a message to somebody that's going to attract them to your page. There is no that like there's no way of getting around that. That's real. I mean, I, I do think that like for me, it like everything since I quit my engineering job in such a whirlwind. Like I was acquiring skills and I didn't even like recognize that it was happening. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, it still seems like that now. Like, people say, like, like what do you do? And I'm like, man, I don't really know. I mean, like, <laughs> I can do a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. saying it's crazy, though. Like, I, I was just talking, I was just doing this junior golf camp before we jumped on this podcast. And, like, some of the mothers had stopped me. They were like, man, what do you, so what do you, like, what do you do? I'm like, like, I'm, I like, I got an Instagram and, like, uh, social media and content business uh you know i'm trying to figure it out but it's like for me to i guess the work haven't seen that hard because i was just really like i was just doing anything that i could do to like stay afloat you know what i mean so like it wasn't like i had this very focused plan like i'm gonna be a dope video editor content creator personality guy you know what i'm saying like i didn't you know i'm just like man i want to play some golf and i'll need some money (laughs) like how can i make some businesses that give me some money and I was just, or how can I work around things that let me play golf and give me money? I just been trying to solve this golf equation this whole time. And I just wind up acquiring skills along the way. But golf is the only thing that I really cared about the whole time. You know what I mean? And it's like a lot of people would say like, man, go play, like go try to play professional golf. Like try to, I'm like, but that's irresponsible. That's like me in the par bar thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, man, I was down there in uh I was I was I was down there and look, I was I was down there in Florida. So when I first quit my job, I moved down to Orlando and that's why I was gonna launch the Par Bar. That was a good idea though, going down to Orlando. Uh because I got to spend a lot of time around a lot of like aspiring professional players. Uh and I was like, man, like it's a lot of talent in the game of golf. And just to see the level of player that would still struggle. I'm like, man, it's a little discouraging for like, you know, I'm up here in the Midwest in Chicago. Like it's, it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, in the actual city of Chicago, I'm probably like one of the top 10 players, like in the city of Chicago, like in, in the city, in the parameter of Chicago, the border of Chicago, I bet you I'm probably like top 10 player. But if I go down to Orlando like, I'm like, you know, man, like, you know, I'm just, I'm like trapped. You know what I mean? So it's just, that was never, even though I, I, I have a lot of confidence in people that when they put their minds to things, they can do things. It's like, I always, like my early entrepreneurial failures taught me to like, let's be a little bit more realistic uh, with how you can allocate your time and like really get the results that you want. And I just always thought that like entrepreneurship was the best way to do it. But it's just so interesting to me that this whole journey has been about how do I figure out a solution for playing more golf whenever I want to? And what do I need to learn to get me past this next hurdle and this next hurdle? Like I learned, I pick up my first camera and I started learning how to use Adobe Illustrator so I could put pitch decks together and stuff, right? And then I start learning, I get a camera and I start learning how to take pictures to put in those pitch decks. And then I start, people say they need to see explainer videos. And so I start hitting the record button on my Sony and now I'm recording videos and now I'm using iMovie. And then people say, oh, like, but could you edit it like this? And so then I'm like, okay, well, maybe I need to get a, a bigger software. So then I get into like the Premiere Pro and I start editing there. And then people saying like, oh, could you do sports stuff? And then I go and buy my first little gimbal thing and I'm 
running around with a gimbal and then people say like, oh, but can you do audio? Like, and then I go buy a microphone and I'm like, okay, now I can do interviews with the sports stuff. And, and it's like all of that stuff just came from like, yo, I need to make some money and this person needs something that I can't do. You got drones. Like I remember my first time flying a drone. Like I was, I got, I landed this project and they said, man, if you have a drone, this would be great. And I, and I was in LA at the time and I'm like, man, like I'm going to just go buy a drone and I flew it around outside of my apartment for like 30 minutes the night before. And then I showed up to the job and I'm like, yeah, I got the drone. Yeah, I fly drones. You know what I mean? And it's just like, that's been my whole, like that's been, that's been a, the last like five years of my life. It's just like somebody say they need something and, and figuring it out, you know, because I think this going to get me closer to, to not having to worry about paying for golf. Did it ever, you know? de- did it ever ding your confidence at all? Like, because you just go for it. <clears throat> I can tell you just go for it. Like, Obviously, that last conversation. You're just going for it. Like, you need you need a drone? I got a drone. Yeah, I can fly it. Cool. You know what I mean? Like, you're just gonna go for it, right? The par bar, all the whole story, like everything, the athletic apparel. Like, you're confident. You're gonna go for it. Does it ever ding your confidence at all? Like, do you ever get down whenever your ideas failed? Like, whenever those ideas in the past failed, did it ever get you down moving forward? No, I, I. I don't, and uh, and I and I think that the reason is like I'm just the type of person, and this is something that we also learn from playing golf, right? It's like it's always about the next shot, and so like I'm I'm busy, like I know I just snap hooked it into the woods, but it's like man, but I do got this little window right here, like so if I could just hit this little uh, this little ten foot high cut around this tree, like I could probably get on the green somehow. And even if that one failed, it's like, okay, well, I just took a triple bogey, but this is a birdie hole coming up. So it's like my whole thing is just like the next shot is always going to be more important than the last one. And so I just like a lot of times because it's like a weird process realizing that you you have a bad idea that's probably not going to work, right? Because it's never just like this moment. It's not this one moment or something like that. It's like this process of you letting go of it slowly and you moving into something else slowly and then you get far enough away from the old idea where you're like hey that's probably not the right way because you because you probably got something new that you're focusing on right you know what i mean and so i never really like internalized that i had bad ideas especially because you start to like the more business people i spend time around it's like hedge funds, for instance, right? Or like, uh, or, or not like uh, hedge funds, or like, you know, like private equity, you know, people or like venture capitalists or whatever. Like, they live and die off of like the one or two things that have like, you know, a million X return. And the rest of the stuff they either like break even on or lose money on. And it's like, but you got to get the shots up if you want to win. And, you know, like, I, I just reconcile early that like, yo, like just like with golf, just like with anything that we do in life, it's a very high probability that you're going to suck for a long time. Like you're going to be trash at anything you try. You're going to be trash for a long time. And success usually comes to the people that can just like take all of those punches. You know what I mean? And it sounds so cliche because you hear it so often. But like if you told somebody that was just getting started with something, like, and that's why, that's what golf is so important. Like, if I told somebody that was just getting started with something, like, bro, it's going to take you a legit 10 years, no matter how hard you work, it's going to take you 10 years to get good at this. You know what I mean? And, like, if you work, and if you work your ass off, it might be nine years. You know, but it's going to take you a long time to get good at this. Are you willing to, like, go that hard for that long and, like, like suck for 10 years? Cause that's what you gotta. That's what you gotta be willing to do to do pretty much anything on your own, unless you want to go get a regular job. You know what I mean? And like, like unless you want to do something that pays you every two weeks. And like, I, 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 I can't remember the last time that I had a guarantee. I don't even know what it's like to have guaranteed income. Like, I don't even understand that concept. Like, my girl, she got a job that pay her every two weeks, and it's like, man, that's like dope. I, I, it's like foreign to me. Like, oh, I get paid tomorrow. I'm like, what'd you get paid? How do you know? Like, what happened? You, you, like, did you close something? What did you do? How you? It's like, no, nah, you know, I just get paid. And it's, uh, I just think that, like, 
I was so busy focusing on like what was next that like I didn't really let the failures like eat at me too much because everybody losing at something, man. Like everybody sucked. And then I was out in LA and like people were like, people say they own a business and then you come to find out that like the business is being stood up by their like grandfathers and hit by some inheritance that they had and like the business isn't profitable and they paying to put themselves in all these magazines and they got these huge marketing budgets and nobody's buying it. And it's like, I'm like, man, but you, these are the people that we praise. Like, oh, he got it figured out. And it's like, no, are you going to be, he's going to be out of business in three years. Like it's, he's only, a, it's only a matter of time before he realizes he can't just, you know, like cash flow the business into success. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so I just, I just stopped measuring like I, I never compare myself to other people. Like they success is they success, mine is mine. Like my pace is my pace, and whenever it's gonna happen for me, that's when it's gonna happen. And it's not, you know, my my boys like they all buying these houses and taking these expensive vacations places, and I'm not because it's like I don't have that luxury because I don't know when I'm gonna get paid again. You know what I mean? But I, you know, it's just it's just a life that that I chose and. It, this is, I feel, is pushing me closer to the goals that I have for myself. Did your dad teach you that on the golf course about the shots? Like when you were out there hanging with your dad, did he did he teach you those things about looking at, at the next shot? Like not to get upset about this bad shot, but to go up there and figure out the next one? Nah, my dad wasn't like, he, he, didn't, he didn't intellectualize the game to me. Like that was something that I learned when I came back to the game, like on my own terms and like everybody like got to fall in love with golf, like on their own, like you can't really force somebody to love golf. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I was like, I was an adult, uh, when I started to realize some of those things and I had kind of dealt with like different failures, like in college and stuff like that, like wanting to switch majors. And then, you know, like, going through different things socially with like the fraternity that I was in and just different things. Like it just kind of, it, it, it kind of pushed my mind in that direction. And then when I came to golf, it was just like the perfect parallel for like everything that I had been feeling. Like it was like the perfect outlook. Like it, like in, in theory, if you do it right, you can hit the perfect shot every single time. Like if you just move your body in the right ways, like, you can make this ball go exactly where you want it to go every time. But if you don't calculate the win correctly, and if you don't calculate the lie correctly, and if you don't, you know, read the lie, you know, appropriately, and if you, you know, hit the wrong shot shape into the wrong part of the green, and if it's a little longer short, that shot that you thought was good, even though you made that perfect move, like, it could end up very bad for you. You know what I mean? And then you just started to accept that, like, there were no guarantees. Like, one of my boys, like, I went to U of I for college, and one of my frat brothers, we had just graduated, and we went back for a, a party that weekend. Uh, and we were we were both, like, muscular dudes and stuff, so we would always work security at the party. And so then I go back to the party. We doing security. It's a big weekend down at U of I. A lot of people are there from out of town. But then I had like this, you know, this situation. I was dating somebody at the time and they was like, oh, could you just make sure that you leave the party by this time? And I was like, all right. So it was like four o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning or something like that. So I looked down at my watch and it's like a minute before that. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to see y'all later. I leave. And so then I shake everybody's hand. And so by the time I get to uh, by the time I get to her house, I get a phone call. Her house on like five minutes away from where the party was. I get a phone call and then they said somebody just shot in the party and my frat brother had got shot. Me and the dude that was working security at the frat party got shot. And so I was like, like I, I speed back there and sure enough, dude, as soon as I left that party, a fight broke out. And this, this football player beat up this dude that was from Chicago. The dude from Chicago ran out to his car, got his gun came around the back of the house and just shot nine times into the crowd. Like we had like 200 people in there. And one of the people that got shot was my frat brother that I was working security with. So I'm over there thinking like, man, like I would have been in that same vicinity as him if, if that would have happened. 
because we would have both been, you know, seeing like trying to control the environment. And, and and then so he gets shot, it go through his jaw, out his spine, paralyzed from the neck down. And this is like in 2000, this is like 2012 that this happened. And so I'm like, like me and him did everything right up until that point. Like we both went to a good college, we both graduated, we both had majors that we were, you know, going to make some money doing. And we was both starting our career and we both back down here trying to help out the the, the younger uh, the younger members of our fraternity. We did everything right. We on a college campus. You know what I'm saying? We did every single thing right. And this happened. You know what I'm saying? And so and I'm and now I'm getting in the golf and it's like helping me understand that. Like, bro, you could have every you could do every single thing right and it still not go right. You know, and that just even though that, that like that was a very traumatic experience for me and for a lot of people, obviously, like especially him. But but golf really like helped me understand like life a lot better and make sense of life a lot better. And and I think that it was like, you know, I had other like tragedies happen like that that golf, I really leaned into golf to help me make sense of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It makes I, mean, I know that does... was kind of heavy, but it was like <laughs> that is that's that's a crazy story man like just you the circumstances of you like okay i'm gonna leave at this time and you left and that's something that that's wild like you know what i mean like what caused some final destination type stuff man yeah i mean it's like i know somebody was telling you that you cared about was telling you like hey you need to leave the party by this time but i mean when you're in that situation like what really draws you out at that like her saying that you know, you getting out at that exact time basically kept you away from that situation. It's a wild thing to think about. Um, in general, I just but- think if I, like, if I, if I, if I went to like the bathroom or if I like got sucked into like a super, you know, like uh, a riveting conversation or something like that, or like if, if any other circumstances, like if I would have just stayed for like maybe another 45 seconds, like the, the situation would have unfolded. And and I was in my car driving away from her. And I'm like, man, that is like insane. And then all like three other people got shot that day. All of them, U of I students or like alumni. And it's like all these people have made good decisions up until this point. And it's like, that's that's what happened. They like landed in divots and they own like in the in the middle of the fairway. Or they like you know, caught the last limb of a tree and it, you know what I mean? Or it like spun too much and it came off into the water. It just, it's like crazy. You know what I mean? It's crazy. And then what do you do? Like, I love your analogy about it though. Like the way you've been like drawn into golf that way is that, you know, yeah, your ball lands in a divot. Now what are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? Sure. You know what I mean? You've got to learn how to do yeah, it. Man. As long as you're still breathing and walking around, like, you know, appreciating life like that. You you telling me that story gives you appreciation for just your life in general. Like that could have I could have been in that situation. So now, whenever I make the par bar and it fails, what am I going to do now? Like I'm still breathing. I can still do something. Like I still got something that I can do. Yeah. I can still go sell something. I can still succeed. I can still hit the next shot better on the golf course because like I'm here. Yeah, and then you think about it too. Like I lose, say, say I go to LA and it don't work, and you know that company won't hire me. Then what you do? Like you go move back in with your parents and you get a job, and you lick your wounds, and you save your money, and you do it all over again. And it's like the equivalent of you just taking your medicine, right? Like I gotta punch out straight sideways, and then I gotta just get the ball on the green, and let me just roll in these two putts, and let me just try to figure out in the next hole. All right, can I get one in the fairway? All right, I'm in. A, can I hit a green? Like, okay, I'm on the green. Can I get a couple pars in there? Okay, like now I got my momentum back going. Now we can kind of step on the gas again. You know what I mean? It's it's just like it, like you never out of the game as long as you're still playing. Though you never out of the game. You know what I mean? And so, like, it's birdies to be had, and it's all types of just like this bad breaks. It's real good ones. You, you catch it a little thin, and it and it hopping, and you hold out on accident. You know what I mean? Or you 
You know what I mean? It's just all types of stuff. You hit it like uh, you know, close to a hazard, and it hit a rock and bounce back in play. Like it's just life is just crazy, man. And you all you got to do is like every, treat every day like his own shot, and you, and you step over it with intention, and you try to put your best swing on it. And as long as it was your best swing, and you committed, you live with the consequences, you know. But a lot of people just like. I feel like they second guess themselves so much that they don't even know like what they're capable of, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm kind of most proud of myself for is that like I ain't gonna second guess nothing. Like I'm gonna just do it. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be all in, and I'm gonna learn everything that I can learn from this. And fortunately enough for me, nothing's like took me out the game yet. You know what I mean? Like I made a lot of double bogeys. But like I'm still, I'm still kind of in the thick of things, you know what I mean? And it's another round tomorrow type stuff. So that's. But if you if you never like really step up and commit, like you just don't know what you're capable of. You know what I mean? Like the the you can only really learn the truth. That's why I love like playing competitive golf so much because you just can't hide from yourself when you're in competition. Like you really can't hide from yourself. You know what I mean? When I'm hanging hanging with my boys, like. I'm just playing around all relaxed and stuff. Like, I kind of, like, slap it around. I don't really have that much pressure on me and stuff. But when you're in competition and you really have to hit the shot and you got OB left and right, like, you got to – you really got to hit a shot. You got to, you gotta like, try and you have to do what you say you're going to do. And if you cow out, you're going to lose a ball, you're going to hit it OB, and then the wheels going to start falling off. And it's like – Man, like that's what you figure out. That's how you figure out what you made of. Though you like step up and you you try to do something and you try your hardest to do something. And a lot of people never do that. They never do that. Like they never approach anything with full conviction and full intention and like are willing to accept the outcome. You know. I love what you said. I like it's something that I believe wholeheartedly, and I have respect for anybody who takes a step onto the competition floor, whatever they're doing. Like whatever it is they're doing, if they take a step onto a competition floor, they're exposing their strengths and weaknesses and they're putting them to the test against that. Like they're measuring it for real. It's yeah. real. And you yeah, can embarrass yourself real. and your ego can get shot down. And But there's nowhere to hide. Like you said, there is nowhere to hide. Like you go competitive. Or you could quit. Yep. Quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it, dude. I love it. And and you're right. A lot of people don't go there. And I hear a lot of people talk and and analyze people that failed in those situations. And, you know, they talk about it even on a small level. Like they talk about it. I'm like, you know what? That, that dude did it. Like he did it. Where are you at? You're not doing it. Like you didn't do right. anything. He stepped right. up. You didn't. And... So he has more respect, right. no doubt. Right, man. Right, hundred percent, man. So what's yeah, it? What, golf, I got, golf teach you so much stuff, man. I want to ask you about this before we go. I really want to ask you about the uh, the junior camp stuff too that you're doing. You put those on yourself. Uh, so like that's my dad started those. So I'm 33. My dad must have started that when I was like six. So, like, so it was a few guys at the, the golf course that I grew up by, Columbus Park, and they had kids that was getting into the game around the time that I was, you know, my dad was getting me into the game. And uh, and so they started this, like, 27, 28 years ago. And it's been going every year for 27, like, 27, 28 years. And so every summer, like, it's like my way of paying back on that, like, super ground level. Like, this is how I started, you know what I mean? And this is where I am. So, you know, I just, like, any anything youth-oriented, man, like, I just try to to show up for it because, uh, like, in Chicago, it's just, it's just a lot of other things that are taking up kids' attention. And if you don't have positive male role models that could at least attest to where some of the opportunities are in the sport, then they're going to completely miss it because it's not like it's a golf course on every corner. Uh, it's not like the golf courses are easy to get to. It's not like it's publicized. Uh, it's not advocated for. And so I'm just like really hoping that with my success and traction in the sport that we're able to get more kids involved 
in golf from underrepresented communities because it's just like this game will completely change your trajectory. Like any lifestyle you pick, add golf and see how much better that life turns out. Like it's just, I'm, I'm telling you, bro, like it's just like any combination of educational background, uh, like where you grew up, your your family dynamics, single mother, uh, single parent household, uh, your socioeconomic status, like if you grew up in extreme poverty, add golf to that life and see what happens. And it's crazy. Like I guarantee you, if you took 10 kids that grew up at the bottom of the bottom and, and you gave five of them golf and told five of them to figure it out, those five kids would golf, like all five of them gonna do something with their life. All five. Maybe four out of five, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you just hit bad shot, whatever the case is. But I, I'm just, I'm telling you, bro, like, this game is powerful beyond ways that we can even articulate it, bro. Like, and it's not even just, and it's not transactional. It's not like, go play golf so you can meet rich people and da-da-da-da-da. It's like, man, the game is going, if you really love the game of golf, it's going to teach you so much about yourself. It's going to teach you how to deal with other people and to read other people. Like, you just going to, it's going to make you so much more emotionally intelligent if you really open yourself up to getting better at golf. Like, you're going to learn how you digest things. You're going to learn how to, to relay information to other people. You're going to learn about integrity. You're going to learn about all these different things. And it's just going to bode so well for you in any any avenue that you pursue. Uh, I just want more kids to see golf, man. I just want them to see it and, and really understand what the opportunity is in it. You know, because this game then bro it's done, it's done showed me so much stuff like like i sit back and tell my dad some of the stuff that i'm seeing you know what i mean like like going to pebble beach like going to abandoned dunes like you talking about like going on private jets to like like golf took me skiing you know what i mean like golf got me you know what i mean like i'm like man like from the west side of chicago and i'm on some skis right now you know what i mean like i'm on some skis and aspen Took a, you know what I mean? It's like all because of gold. That's no, wild, man. I, man, yeah, it's it's wild. So it's just like that that junior golf camp that my dad run. Like I'm in there every year, and you know my schedule getting a little busier. So like I'm popping around a little bit, and you know, I'm gonna try to make it. You know, as, as as long as I'm in Chicago, I'm there. And you know, it's a couple other uh, junior golf camps and clinics and things. It's like, man, if y'all got stuff going on. And I'm in Chicago, I'll definitely make the time to be there. You know, I think that that's like, that's the least thing that I could do uh, to, to like pay the game back for like what it did for me, you know? Well, I mean, it, it yeah, doing it like your dad taking you there instead of letting you go play street ball every day. Not to say that anything bad would have happened if you had just go hung out the basketball courts, but your, your dad. A lot of people you, that I, a lot of people that I met. No, man, a lot of people that I met that, you know, because when I got older and I got my first car and I was playing basketball, like, in and around the west side, southwest side, south side, like, a lot of the people that I knew, like, they, like, quite a few of them I did now. Uh, quite a few of them are locked up now. You know what I mean? And it's like, as much as I wanted to, like, you know, hate on my dad, but, like, man, you're not letting me make my own choices it's like, man, like if I if he would have just like made my leash a little longer, like not saying that I would have made bad choices, but it's like, man, like I I hate the thought of me choosing to do something different or like, you know, my dad throwing his hands up and saying, do what you want. You know what I mean? I, I hate the thought of that, that that terrifies me. And I and I applaud him as a father for just sticking to his guns and being like, man, I am going to keep you in this space. Cause even if you know, even if it would have turned out better, I don't know. You know, maybe it's some other talent that I missed out on uh, that by by not exploring those spaces. But like based on where I am now, like I, I wouldn't have my life that turned out no other way, and I wouldn't change nothing about the way I was brought up. You know, isn't it crazy that you know how hard it is for like I'm I'm I got we got four kids like. It's difficult when they're pushing back on like like what you're saying, you know, you're pushing back on your dad, you want to go play basketball, like you know what I mean? You're giving him that sort of attitude. It's really difficult from the parent side to stay strong when you know something's right and they need something. 
versus what they want yeah. in this situation. Like, you know, you're not making them do this so that they'll be a professional golfer or that they'll be this or that, but you're teaching them a life lesson like, hey, I'm going to do the best I can as a parent for you in this situation because it's going to lead to a better life and you, like, understanding things a lot better and your life is going to be better if you just followed this path. And as a parent, that's your job. Like it's, you're not there to be your friend. Like if he was your friend, you'd be out on the basketball court, but he wasn't your friend. He was your dad. And that's, yeah. I, that's a pretty cool story. I dig it. Man. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I just, I, I, you know, I, I know parenting is hard. I know parenting is like, you know, I'm, I don't have no kids, so, you know, I can't speak to it personally. But I, I just from being a child, I just know that both of my parents took that approach and they were parents first. And I had to earn the right to be their friend over time. Right. Like, I feel like me and my dad didn't become friends until I was like, like you know, mid 20s. You know what I mean? Like when it was like, man, you know, you got your own money, you're doing your own thing. You falling on your own face. Like, yeah, you see what I was talking about now, don't you? You know what I mean? And, and, and it was like my dad, he didn't do nothing out of laziness. Like he was always, he always put the time in too. You know what I mean? Like he made the time. He didn't just push me off on something and be like, go over here. He was like, no, nah, like we gonna do this and I'm and you gonna be with me and, and I'm gonna be around you and you gonna be around my friends. And a lot of his friends that, that I grew up with, uh, like they were like my, you know, like my godfathers and my uncles growing up, you know? And I was just exposed to like an immense amount of wisdom from an early age. And it was like, you know, how could that ever be wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like, not only was he keeping me safe, he was like expediting my like learning. Like I just, you know, I felt like I just approached life so much differently because I was around all of these like 40 something year old dudes that was telling me how to navigate people and things as well, you know? And it's just like an environment like golf, man, it's just like, it's, it's, it's priceless for, for a kid uh especially ones that 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 like that aren't exposed to a whole lot man like this is absolutely priceless so I, I i think that any parent that's willing to like make sure that they're doing right by their kids but actually like spend the time with them too you know what i mean like don't just force them to do something really take the time and be there like if i'm gonna make you do this i'm gonna i'm gonna sit in there and do it with you type stuff you know what i mean uh i think that that's what really made the difference for me i knew that my dad wasn't being lazy like, you know what I mean? I know that he was like, he was really trying to like help me, you know? Yeah. It's such a cool story, man. I dig it, Roger. This is, this has been rad, man. Thank you for being on. This is like, uh, tell everybody, I, I got your Instagram handle there and stuff like that, but tell everybody where they can go and support you and what you're doing and, um, and all that stuff. Yeah, no, I'm uh, you can just find me on Instagram. I said I keep saying I'm gonna start a YouTube. I need some more time and bandwidth to do something nah, like you, that. But you got it. Yeah, you got it. You got to start it. I'm watching. I'm yeah, watching. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like I'm just just on on Instagram, uh, Roger underscore Steel. And then uh, if you want to support, just go buy some trap golf stuff, buy some Adidas stuff, buy some Callaway stuff, and tell them I sent you. You know what I mean? Because that's going to that's gonna help me keep uh, growing in the game a little bit. But, but no, nah, man, just I, I just appreciate everybody's support and, and, and everybody that messaged me on Instagram and, like, hit me up. Like, I'm just – I appreciate y'all so much, like, way more than y'all know, you know. And that, that's it, – it's, it's just been dope getting to know new people. Like, golf made this possible, and I'm, I'm appreciative of that, man, you know. Right on, man. Well, I'm appreciative you came on the show, man. This has been fun. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to go to support Roger and everything that he's doing. And like, rate, review the podcast. It really means the world of the show. And until the next episode, see ya.